the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Tonight in the first two segments, we're going to be talking about something I think many of us are faced with, and that is the inevitable crunch of emails. Uh, If you're lucky enough to only receive five to ten emails a day, consider yourself very lucky. Uh, but if you're receiving a lot more and you're trying to figure out what to do with them, we, we do have an expert uh, who's on with us tonight. We're going to be talking about uh, how to deal with decluttering your life. And uh, he has a book. His name is Gary Collins. And the book uh, is called A Simple Life Guide to Decluttering Your Life. Gary, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Gary, where are you calling from tonight? I am calling from my house off the grid in northeast Washington State. Oh, very good. Yeah, my son and family lives up in Seattle, so we go there often. So Yeah, I'm a, on the flip side. I'm on the other side towards the Idaho border in the mountains. Oh, so you're on the, the other side of the state. You're in the east side of the mountains. A uh, little, little yep. more arid out there, I think. But uh, Very much so. The weather's beautiful. Oh, well, the whole state is very, very nice. But um, tell us about yourself and... Uh, what makes you an expert in being able to help us declutter our, our lives, which are being overtaken by computers, I think? That's a great question. The, the short of it is I grew up a, a very poor kid rurally in the middle of nowhere, hunting, fishing, playing sports, simple living, right? Sounds and, fun, actually. Uh, <laughs> well, when you're a kid, you think it stinks, right? You're mm-hmm. all, this is terrible. I can't believe my parents put me on the middle of nowhere. Mm, true. Uh, but later in life, you appreciate it. And from there, I put myself through college. I have three degrees, criminal justice, a master's in forensics, and another degree in exercise science. I was in military intelligence and a federal agent, criminal investigator for half my life by the time I'd left. And it was more of the journey I felt that my life was unfulfilled at that point, mm-hmm. and there had to be a better way. You know, that typical looking out the office window, my boss yammering at me about something, and I just detuned out and gone, I've got to do something else. This is, this is not how I'm supposed to live my life. And I went on a journey. I sold my house, minimalized, got rid of most of my belongings, rented a small cottage that was under 500 square feet, eventually moved into my travel trailer, uh, RV, and then it bought 20 acres off the grid, uh, remote piece of land, undeveloped, developed it myself, built my house, the infrastructure, you know, it's a normal house, and mm-hmm. wrote a book about that. I was in health and wellness. I owned my own company after I got out of the government. And it just what I teach is how I evolved into the life that I live today, and also that people understand, I run a business. I still run a full-blown business since I left the government. So I've been able to do all this while living a very simple life. Well, that sounds like a lot on your plate, uh, and to compartmentalize your life so that you can, on the one hand, do the business and deal with uh, what's going on with the economy and uh, dollars exchanging hands and costs and all of that, and on the other hand, enjoying uh, a a lifestyle that uh, is, is nice from what you're describing. How, Absolutely, yeah. Getting to the issue of Internet, and I thought it was fascinating when we were contacted uh, by your representative about uh, doing an interview. The idea of Internet, uh, especially emails, where some of us get over 100 emails a day, uh, what, what is your take on, on that, and you know, what can we do to, uh, to deal with it. For example, emails, when they come in, they, each and every one seems so urgent. And if you don't immediately respond to it, and you're getting a lot of emails a day, it immediately gets buried under hundreds of more emails. What, what do you do? 
Well, and that that brings up a very good point of this today's society of instant connection, right? I can reach out to anyone and contact them immediately, which is very different than how I grew up. You know, there were no cell phones. There were no pagers. Heck, I we were poor. We had a party line, which meant wasn't one where people talked to whatever on a 1-800 number. Right. It meant there was like five or six of us on the same phone line in my neighborhood, <laughs> you know, because we were in a little place of 25 people in this little town. And today it's just what I do is I categorize and I put everything in a list. So I wake up in the morning and I write my list of priorities, what I have to get done. And then I check email and I prioritize my email and what is the most important that I must answer immediately and not, and you have to realize that not every email is important that needs its attention right now. And there are some people who, if you respond to them right away, it turns into the slippery slope of all of a sudden it's back and forth for 15 minutes. And I've also trained people that, hey, we can't have email exchanges like that. We need to get things done, move on to the next. And also is setting your spam filters up because today we're spammed with email immensely. I, I've had to, and unsubscribing, don't subscribe to every single thing you want a coupon and this and that. Next thing you know, you're getting 50, 60 emails of spam every day. And you have to go into the back end. There's a way to block spam. They've gotten very tricky. It's called blacklisting it. And every email program has it where you go and you enter that at and the domain.com and it will block all those emails from that website. It stinks we have to do that, but we do. And then, like I said, I categorize, I'll, I'll hit my emails that are urgent. And, you know, obviously if it's personal or business, but if it's personal, who, you know, no one's going to email me something that's an emergency. They shouldn't be. That's personal. They have my phone number. Call me. Um, and then I'll move through and I'll start my day and I'll set out that I'll get to the other emails later in the day when I have all my essential tasks that I've listed out that must be done that day then I'll go back and I'll answer those emails. That's how I do it. And that's what I recommend other people doing. Now, if you don't own a business and you're just a normal everyday person and you're receiving, you know, 50, 60, 100 emails a day, you need to go read through and start unsubscribing and start figuring out which ones that you want, you know, products or, you know, blogs, whatever you read, you gotta, you have to narrow it down to what's important. How effective is it to unsubscribe from from an email? Like when you get something from a, a company that keeps sending you information about dog food or something, uh, and you're tired of it, so you go to the end of the email, you find the link to unsubscribe, and it says after you click it that you've unsubscribed, and then the next day you still get the same emails. And that's why I talked about blacklisting it. I've had emails like that. For some reason, these political organizations seem to get your email I've unsubscribed. There's been a couple that I've called and said, if you email me again, I'm going to report you. We're going to have some issues. And they go, oh, I don't know what's our system. And what they've done is they're violating the laws. Once you unsubscribe, they cannot contact, keep contacting you again and again and again. That is actually a violation. Once you unsubscribe, that's it. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to go, and I've had to do this, is I have to go and blacklist them. So I have to blacklist everything from that domain. The thing is, they're so nasty today, they'll just send them from another domain. And that's when I'll call. If I can find a phone number for them, I'll call them and just read them the riot act. Um, and I was a former federal agent, so I kind of tell them, hey, I don't think I'm stupid. I know what you're doing. I own a business. I know exactly what you're doing. It's unfortunate, mm -hmm, but... Mm -hmm. what, uh, what can you do... Uh, or how do you get onto the blacklist uh, website? Well, it depends. It depends on your email <laughs> provider. So it's usually done primarily through the web mail version of your email. So all email, internet service providers, whatever you're using to get your email, will have a way to get to your, your email via the web. If within there, there will be a settings and a preferences, <laughs> you go in there and it's called whitelist and blacklist. Whitelisting is when you don't want a certain individual or company's emails to go to spam. I instruct my followers, you know, because the spam filters are pretty tight. I, you know, so I tell them you need to whitelist 
the email address that I send you my newsletter from. That way it won't get caught in your spam folder. Well, the reverse of a blacklist, which is in the same section, is you put, like I said, either the specific email address, so if it's at info at stopbotheringme.com, you put that one in there, or some will allow you to put the at, then the domain, so don'tbothermeanymore.com. You put that in there and it'll block all emails from that domain coming to you with that domain address. Interesting. Well, we have to. That, that takes a lot because uh, I get uh, tons of emails from the Democratic parties of the state and federal, and also from the Republican parties, state and federal and local. So you end up getting double the uh, the emails that any one person would get. And uh, I, I, is there a way to, well, I tell you what, we're, we're going to have to take a break now because uh, this is very interesting. We're, we're talking to Gary Collins, former federal agent and uh, a business person and into uh, decluttering your lives. And we're talking tonight about decluttering your life with massive amounts of email that uh, endlessly streams into your computer. We're going to take a short break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on The Advocate on WHK. We'll be back after this short break. Don't go away. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips & Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips & Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree. Insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And tonight we're talking about decluttering our lives and uh, focusing our attention on computers and especially uh, Internet mail that comes in emails and trying to figure out how to lead a sane life uh, at the same time staying connected the way we're expected to be with everybody in the civilized world, apparently. Uh, Gary, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Nick. Um, when we talked earlier about your book that you have, Decluttering Your Lives, uh, yeah, there's, beside email, 
there's uh, news. Where, where do most people get their news? As we or their news, we uh, have seen where newspapers have uh, gone out of business or seriously reduced uh, what they do, and everybody goes to the internet to find out what's going on. Uh, how is that working out? Is it reliable? Well, we know what the the fake news, uh, as they like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is actually proliferated on the on social media and I also have a discussion I have a chapter about social media as well I don't use social media for my business really and people are pretty shocked by that there's many reasons why and one of them is the noise and clutter on social media and it gets you off track of what you should be doing which is focusing on your life and bettering your life and getting your things done and that's what happens with these news cycles is they've found that if they use sensationalized headlines and a lot of a lot of it's not accurate and true anymore because the true investigative reporter is done. I talk about that. It doesn't. They don't exist hardly anymore at all. If you can find them, so you have to be very careful. I tell people: do not use social media and the internet as your your main place to get the news. Now, obviously, you're going to get some of it off of there, but I also say you should only be you only need to get about ten minutes a day of that. You know, I, I worked in the government. I was a news junkie. You know, I was always paying attention. I had to deprogram myself of that, too, because the, most news today is so negative. And there's a lot of political tribalism, which I have a chapter on that as well, you know, pitting us against each other. You know, next thing you know, you're in the comments section. You're yelling at someone you don't even know, calling them all kinds of names. They're calling you names, and you've wasted a half hour, hour doing absolutely nothing. So I recommend people really, really get their news in short, short pieces. I still do it in multiple ways. I'll get very little off the internet, but I still watch it on uh, established news programs on television a little bit. Uh, I read, I read a lot. I've always been a voracious reader. So, you know, newspapers are still great to me, but I'm a little older, right? We're older, so we still know what newspapers are. Hmm. But I would Luckily. recommend staying away, getting the majority off the social, off social media and the internet. Well, it's so ubiquitous; it's uh, all over. Uh, what other modern things are cluttering our lives that uh, we can declutter? Because uh, you mentioned right at the beginning that a way to do it is to come up with a list and what you need to get done. Uh, what? How do we lead a happy life uh, with with all of these options and all of the fake news floating around? Well, one of the best ways is limiting your exposure to technological devices. And I'm not anti-technology. I run my whole business remotely, but people would be shocked that I run my business off a iPhone six, which is several years old. My laptop, my laptop is not. It's I have a good laptop and a Wi-Fi. A remote Wi-Fi spot. That's it. I do not own a uh, health tracker, a you know smartwatch, uh, even key, uh, Kindle readers or e-readers, a tablet. I don't know I don't need it. It doesn't. I don't, I can't justify it. Not only that, but the technology changes so rapidly, not so rapidly anymore. But new devices because they want you to buy a new device. Well, the more devices you have the more of that noise and the more of that non-essential information you're going to be exposed to. Uh, you know, ads are on everything now. I mean, you can't avoid If you're on the internet, you're going to get ads and you're going to get a lot of them. So I would tell people, decipher what you need technological-wise to run your life. Do you need a desktop and a laptop and a notepad? Probably not, you know. You don't need all three of those. You probably only need one. And only update it when significant technological advances have happened. Don't get in the habit of upgrading every time a new version comes out. That's part of consumerism, our consumer nation, to get you to buy something that you don't need. And not only that, but again, you have to learn it. Once you buy it, you have to relearn everything, wasting more time. So that's the advice I give. Just watch your technological devices. Well, for us people, a lot of years, I remember the routine was quite different and at a slower pace in, say, even a law office where uh, our day would kick off beside looking at what we have to do left over from the day before. We'd have the morning mail that would come in at around 10 or 11 o'clock, and uh, 
that that took the place of email because we just had one chunk of mail and we knew what we had to work on and we addressed it at that point. We weren't interrupted throughout the day with uh, more and more mail coming in all the time. But uh, over the years, since email has popped into it and uh, it started with the fax machines, we started getting faxes um, at, at all times, it, that the term uh, multitasking came into fashion. And the idea was that uh, you know, we're great because we can multitask, meaning you're doing more than one thing at one time. And it was thought that we could really get things done more quickly and uh, more efficiently. But um, I, w what do you think about that? Because I, I saw a note here where you're indicating that you're not necessarily going to do things more quickly by multitasking. What, what do you mean by that? Well, a lot of studies have shown, and I've always taught this too, when I left the federal government, I was constantly having to multitask, and I felt like I was never getting anything done. And the research has now caught up and said that, that it, you're basically playing triage and you tend to focus on non-essential tasks, checking email, responding to you know non-critical texts. You're just jumping back and forth, never really finishing anything. And what happens with the human brain is we get these dopamine dumps with multitasking because our brain thinks we did finish the task even though we didn't. So there's a euphoria. When you finish something, you accomplish something that is a natural reaction, right? We feel good about ourselves. We got this done. Well, multitasking, it's these short little bursts. I compare it to if you're eating, eating a healthy diet, eating slowly throughout the day, one, one to two meals, you know, as opposed to eating candy all day. You know, one way is a long-term sustainability. The other portion is short-term. That's going to burn you out and eventually kill you sooner. Multitasking is and we're not wired that way. Humans are wired to focus on one thing at a time. We're hunter-gatherers. We have our, 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 our physiology and the way our brains work have not changed. What's changed is our environment and what we put into our body. That's what's changed. So with that, I tell people focus on one thing at a time. That's why I always say put your list together, essential list. Go through those one at a time, stuff comes up. You're going to have to jump here and there, that's life. But don't do that as a habit. Don't make that, that that's how you get things done is completely jumping all over the place all the time. You'll be less productive and you'll burn yourself out. I, I could see that. I, I love analogies and an analogy I use for what you describe and that is multitasking, uh, excessively multitasking. I relate that to uh, going to an arcade. If you've seen on these boardwalks in some cities, they have the arcade games and so on. One of the arcade games is a uh, is a, a device where there are a bunch of quarters uh, that are are laid out on a on a slab of metal, and there's a rod that just sort of rotates or slides forward and back a little bit. And the the game is you're supposed to drop a quarter onto it, and there might be a large chunk of quarter drop off. And you throw a quarter, drop a quarter in, and it moves it a little bit. But <clears throat> you can do that for a long time and, and just see very little movement before you actually accomplish anything. And when you mentioned dopamine, dopamine fixes uh, based upon accomplishing something, yeah, sometimes I could see multitasking that you're really not accomplishing anything. No, but you're tricked, your brain's tricked into thinking it is. That's where it becomes, it's almost like an addiction. Because dopamine's that short-term hormone of feeling mm -hmm. good quickly. Serotonin's the long-term. You know, it's a slow, slow uh, release. And we, we just have to recognize that. And it took me a while. I'm sure you as well. I mean, by the time I left federal law enforcement, I had to retrain myself to get things done. Because I just was so inefficient. I thought I was efficient, but I was not. And I had to learn to owning my own business that if I continued to operate the way I did in the federal government, I wasn't going to make it. I, I was hear not you. going to succeed that way. I hear you. Well, thank you so very much. Uh, we, we've been talking to Gary Collins, and he's the author of a book, The Simple Life Guide to Decluttering Your Life. I think that's something we all should look forward to. So, Gary, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Nick. My, my pleasure. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips on WHK, The Advocate. Don't go away.
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle. You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 shades of green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back to Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. In the next two segments, we're going to be talking about elder fraud and how elder people can be victims to uh, people who want their money. And uh, talking to us tonight is Paul Bischoff. Paul, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, where are you calling from tonight? I'm calling from Victoria, Canada, but my company, Comparatech, is based in the UK. Oh, very. Tell us about Comparatech and, and how this is going to tie. Does it tie in in any way to elder fraud? Uh, a little bit. So at Comparatech, we review and research a lot of uh, tech services and security products. So uh, what ties into that is we do a lot of sort of research around different types of scams different types of uh, phishing techniques used by cyber criminals and hacks and things like that. So this is your day-to-day job. So you're uh, up to uh, up to snuff here on everything going on with uh, with regard to frauds. How are we coming with frauds? We've been hearing about these frauds against old people for, for decades, obviously. Uh, frauds as simple as people going up to their door, knocking on the door and taking their money with some fraudulent purchase to uh, what's going on on the Internet and to uh, fake phone calls coming in. Uh, how are we doing? Well, fraud is not about to go away anytime soon. Uh, I think it's still on the rise in general. Um, some types of fraud might go up and other types might go down, but uh, mm-hmm. fraud is persistent. And particularly for, old, for older generations, uh, I think there's a lot of uh, focus on them because it's a, it's a vulnerable population. Uh, for a lot of reasons, um, and uh, as 
we'll talk about uh, in our report, the problem is, is hugely underreported. Uh, so even though we see some numbers coming out from law enforcement and other agencies, uh, the actual true number of elder fraud cases is, is much higher than what we see in, in those reports. What are some of the themes of the schemes that uh, people are using against the elderly? Well, when it comes to elder financial abuse, which is what our study looked at, uh, most sources say will tell you that the perpetrators tend to be people that the victim knows in real life. Uh, these can, are a lot of times trustees, such as your kids, uh, your caregivers, uh, and people whom uh, they've granted power of attorney to, uh, and those people are just taking advantage of them. Uh, another big source of elder fraud comes from scams, such as phone scams. As you said, people can just walk up to your door uh, and claim they're from a charity or something like that. Uh, that's called affinity fraud, to be more specific. And then there's uh, you know internet scams and phishing and things like that as well. Well, what are some general guidelines on what one's to do uh, if they're an elderly person? And, you know, I, I say elderly persons, uh, such as if we said you're elderly when you're 80 years old, uh, actually anybody can be subject to these scams if they sound believable, I suppose, and, and people are trusting. Uh, how can they stay on guard for this kind of thing? Well, there's a few ways to do it. As you said, these can affect anybody, but the elderly are particularly vulnerable and targeted because, uh, well, one, they have good credit and they tend to be financially stable. So they're prime targets and that they have money to steal. Uh, the elderly, pe elderly people are also tend to be more socially isolated. So they tend to uh, be more willing to stay on the phone with someone, even if it's even if they know it's a scam, or allow even sort of allow a scam to happen if if it's somebody that they know. They don't want to break off that relationship uh, and be more isolated. Uh, another reason is that the elderly are just not as uh, tend to not be as tech savvy when it comes to things like the internet. Uh, they may get a lot of tech support scam calls, for instance, people claiming to be from Microsoft saying, you've got a virus on your computer. Uh, and then it leads down a long road of them installing malware and getting having their bank account broken into and things like that. So the, the number one defense you can do is, is just be skeptical of anyone who calls uh, unsolicited. Um, they may claim to be from Microsoft. They may claim to be from the IRS. They may even claim to be your grandchild. Uh, and, and they'll be asking you for money at some point. You just need to treat all those unsolicited incoming communications with extreme skepticism. In your study that you did and the report that you guys made, uh, how widespread is this, uh, this problem? Uh, do we have any numbers or metrics? Yeah, so what we did is we took a report uh, from New York and Cornell University that said that only one in 23 to 24 cases of elder fraud are actually reported uh, to authorities. And then we found the numbers, all the numbers that we could from every U.S. state and sort of uh, put them all together in a big spreadsheet and did some rent and data analysis. So we looked at the number of total elder fraud reports in each state and then in states where the losses, average loss per case were reported. Uh, we took those numbers as well. And then we basically multiplied all those by 23.5. So what we found in the end is that there are about 5 million elder cases of elder fraud occurring in the U.S. every year, and that results in about $27.4 billion in losses. The, uh, that's an awful lot of money, and you say only one out of 23 actually reported. If someone's listening now and they believe they're a victim of uh, elder fraud and they do report it, who do they report it to and what can they expect? Uh, there are a few places that take these sorts of reports. Uh, adult, adult Protective Services are usually state-run or locally-run agencies in every state. Um, they're your first go-to. Um, they'll have caseworkers that work specifically on this sort of thing. Um, hopefully, if you just go to the police, the, the police will refer you to uh, Adult Protective Services. Uh, Long-term long care ombudsmen are another uh, source of these reports, and they also help uh, with this sort of thing. Are, are they likely to get their money back if they report? Um, 
We didn't look into that specifically in our report. Uh, we have seen cases where people get all or some of their money back. In other cases, people are left out to dry. It really depends on the nature of the scam, where the money was stolen from, how it was stolen, and a few other factors. Mm -hmm. I know in our law practice, we've uh, handled uh, cases over the years where people have been defrauded. Uh, either we, we had a couple of cases dealing with stockbrokers who were very aggressive and flipping stocks a lot and making a lot of commissions and uh, lost a lot of money for people. And uh, there are security laws that allow a, an investor to go back and get that money back. But many times uh, we've heard of some cases where someone is defrauded, they discover the fraud, uh, but the money's gone. They've uh, sent a certified checkout to a bank somewhere and an account that was opened or closed within a week and then that's the end of that money. Uh, are there any funds around that people could file a claim for to get reimbursed? Well, I guess when it's, it depends on where they're stealing from and, and, who's, and who's doing the stealing. Like I said, most of these crimes are perpetrated by people that the victim knows. So uh, I'm not too clear on the laws when it comes to mm -hmm. sort of prosecuting a case if, if your child steals money from you, for example, you know. Um, that's that that can get really complicated and messy, and I don't want to tell people that they there's definitely a way you can get your money back. Um, you know, if someone steals money from your credit card, obviously there are ways to get money that money back, um, or even a debit card in most cases. Um, if it's a direct transfer out of your bank, if you catch it early enough, uh, there should be a way to get your money back. I don't know of any publicly available funds used for reimbursement, though. There are some people who are elderly and alone, and they don't have any, uh, obviously, parents, brothers, sisters, or children or grandchildren. Uh, when you have someone like that who is just sitting out there as a vulnerable lightning rod to uh, people trying to commit frauds, uh, what what can be done, and, and what do you recommend? Well, that's a tough on one. A, <laughs> I think on a, on a, sorry, go ahead. No, I said that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, it is a tough one. I think on a, on a broad scale, I think our adult protective service programs could be better funded. Uh, those caseworkers who, who a lot of these cases go to are, are really overwhelmed, and they can't get to all of them uh, and, and the, within a quick enough time period that it's really helping. So I think funding those uh, protection agencies for the elderly are, is really important. Um, another thing is if you have an elderly relative or a grandparent who's socially isolated like that, uh, reach out to them. Let them know you're there as a resource and let them know that they can call you if something suspicious is going on, if they get a call from um, someone they don't know or they don't understand what's going on. Um, something to let them know is to be particularly cautious about people who call and try to instill a sense of urgency in them. Um, a sense of instilling a sense of urgency in the victim is a really common way for scammers to get money out of people. Whenever you make, whenever you rush someone to make a decision, they're more likely to make a poor decision. So, what you really need to be uh, alert about is uh, people really pushing you over the phone or through mail or or, or any way to just make a decision um, without screen, thinking it through. We're talking to Paul Bischoff, who is an expert on elder fraud. We're going to be right back after these words. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org. You've earned the opportunity to enjoy a leisurely lunch as you sail down a European river enjoying spectacular views and the finest cuisine Portugal has to offer. Even better, you'll move on to Spain and experience the rich heritage of this country. Explore the early influences of ancient Rome. And since this is a culinary tour, see if their food can surpass the bar that the Portuguese have set for you. And yet, your adventure has not ended as you will travel to the land of poets, the Emerald Isle, You will see why Johnny Cash sang about Ireland's 40 Shades of Green. More than a tour, an experience worthy of any bucket list. Check out your itinerary on Facebook, Culinary Tour with Jerry Quinn, or go to ChristianExpedition.com. A five-star experience at a three-star price. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. We're, we're talking about protecting our elder citizens from people who want to commit frauds and steal their money. And talking with us tonight is an expert on that subject, Mr. Paul Bischoff. Thank you, Paul, for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. You know, as, uh, as we're talking uh, during the last segment about different kinds of scams, you mentioned uh, IRS and threatening jail and uh, grandchildren. Uh, and, and all of the things you just mentioned seem to be applicable. For example, the people who call with the IRS sounding very urgent, they're going to send somebody out to arrest you and you have to do it. Uh, we actually had a call like that at our home, and I'm an attorney. They didn't know that. But they called up, and there's some guy speaking with a with a foreign accent uh, demanding that you know we pay money. I just thought it was hysterical. Uh, but uh, how do people fall for these things? Uh, you know, the urgency, especially like the grandchildren. Don't they recognize the voices of their grandchildren? Well, you would be surprised. I mean, if your grandparents, if your grandkids don't call that often, you may not immediately recognize someone's voice. Um, I think that most people don't fall for these scams, to be honest. But they're, they're going around. They're so pervasive and frequent. Um, that these sorts of scams, they only need to work, you know, one in a hundred times or even fewer times for it to pay off for the scammer. They're very, these sorts of scams are pretty cheap to operate. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, of numbers, right? You, you can, uh, 99 people can catch you and hang up the phone, but you only need one person to get a payout. You know, we're, we're talking like uh, everybody knows what the grandchild scheme is. How does that one work? What do they do? But if you had a call... What would you be hearing? So, uh, so from uh, sort of personal experience, uh, my grandfather gets these quite often. Um, someone will call and say that, uh, pretending to be me, they'll say, "I'm Paul. This is Paul, your grandson. I'm stuck in jail somewhere, maybe in another country, and I need bail money. Uh, can you please buy a bunch of gift cards or wire me wire money to the such and such account uh, immediately, so I can to help me out and get out of jail." 
So that's just one way. I mean, there's a few variations on that, but that kind of gives you an idea of what to expect from that sort of scam. Mm-hmm. What about the IRS scam? Um, who has the the gall to call saying they're from the IRS, and what do they say that would get people to turn over money? There are a few different variations on IRS call scams. Uh, there, some of them will call you and say uh, that you that you need to pay money or you're going to be audited. That's probably the most common. But there are other versions of it where uh, you may someone may actually file your taxes for you before you have a chance to, and they'll claim a larger uh, return than what you're supposed to get. So whenever you get the return, uh, that person will then call your, the scammer will then call you claiming to be the IRS and say, we need you to return the money. Here's how to do it in the account to send it to uh, because you've, because we've overpaid you. Um, so this is sort of an overpayment then you'll wire the money back to the scammer and then the IRS will go after you because they never got the money and you've uh, claimed too much, too large of a return on your taxes. So you get hit by both ends on this scam. So there are a few different variations on the IRS scam. Um, those are a couple, but that kind of gives you an idea of what to expect from those. You, you use the term phishing, uh, and I'm assuming it's in the sense of Internet uh, communications. How dangerous is it to give someone your your name, current address, date of birth, and social security number? I hit the jackpot well, on the that social one, security, right? Yeah, the social security number is really the jackpot for the scammer. Most of the other information you can find maybe through publicly available databases online, but the social security number is, is particularly dangerous to give out. Um, you should never send someone your, your social security number I don't care if they're your best friend or your brother or your mom. Never send your social security number over email. Uh, the reason is, is that email is not a secure medium. Um, even if you trust the person, that email could be intercepted by a hacker or something like that um, and and used against you. So you should never be entering any credit card numbers, passwords, social security numbers into your email or, or personal messages. Uh, you can input that information on a website that you know 100% is secure, such as the official IRS website. Um, but it, phishing is, accounts for more uh, cybercrime these days than malware does. Um, so it's, it's a huge problem, and you have to be on the lookout for it all the time. Is it ever an idea if someone's pretty uh, up, up for the chase here, gets a call, and they decide they want to report it and play along. Would you recommend that to anyone or just hang up and not get involved? Well, for most people, I would recommend that you hang up and not get involved, but uh, there is a name a name for that. It's called scam baiting, uh, and that's sort of where you'll try to trick the, trick the trickster, uh, so, so to speak. Um, a better idea, you can report you can report scams without having to go through that, uh, you can go to the FTC's website, uh, the Federal Trade Commission. They have a place for reporting scams. Uh, there are a few other places to report scams, depending on where you live. Uh, but you don't. I, for most people, I think that's a, a bad idea. And the longer you stay on the phone, uh, the more in danger you are. Yeah, the more more information they can get out of you. Are most of these scams? Do we have any data as whether they're originating in the United States or coming from foreign countries? Uh, I don't have that data. No, I'm sorry. So that's okay. I was just curious because um, you know, typically most people with their their phones, they will have a uh, sort of a caller ID. But it it seems many times there are programs that can disguise the actual caller and come up with maybe uh, a phone number of somebody you even know. Uh, how do they do that? Uh, right. So that's called neighborhood spoofing, and what they do is they they can use the internet to call a number and make it appear as though the number on your phone when you go to pick up the phone is a local one. Um, so, yeah, so that's called caller ID spoofing. And basically, people are just way more likely to pick up the phone if they see the call is coming from their own uh, area code. Um, sometimes they'll take over legitimate phones and call, call people from that person's contact list using their actual phone number. Um, so there's a few different ways they can do this, but uh, 
it's it's more common than not nowadays i think well, well some of the things i think we've been talking about um are are one don't respond to people who have these urgent demands uh, on you be aware of that uh and the other thing is be suspicious about anything that should trigger your suspicions even though you can't articulate it if you're suspicious don't don't do it are there any general rules of thumb we can apply? Just uh, don't answer your, don't talk to these people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should try not to talk to them. If you're, if you're never, if you're unsure, um, even just 10%, 1% unsure of who you're talking to, it's okay to hang up. Look up their number on Google or in the phone book. You'll get an official number. Uh, call that number ask about the other number and whether it belongs to that company or whoever claims to be calling you, uh, and then call them back if, if it's legitimate. Um, if it's not, if not, then just don't call them back. Well, so it's a good uh, idea. If you're not sure to hang up and look up the number elsewhere. Now in the, the, the whole world of fundraising, uh, our landline still gets a lot of calls from legitimate, uh, well, what seems like legitimate, uh, charities asking for donations. Uh, what, what do you do when you have what seems like a legitimate charity? Do you ask them to send you something in the mail or just hang up on them? I think people should just do more research on the charities that they want to donate to and donate to those charities on their own terms. I wouldn't give money to anyone that comes up to your door. I wouldn't give money to anybody who calls you over the phone, and I wouldn't give money to anyone who approaches you on the street, like in front of a store or something like that. Um, just do some research on, on the charities that you want to donate to. Um, look up the official contacts and, and ways to donate to those charities and donate, rather than donating sort of impulsively on the spot. Out to some ambiguous figure. Well, Paul Bischoff, thank you so very much for, for sharing things. As we said during the break, you and I talked for a bit. The concept is that um, we need to keep talking about this because it just keeps happening. So thank you for your, your time and interest. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening tonight. We'll be back next week, same time, same station. And between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.